Well, good afternoon and thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is a very important one, really. Three tips for how to say no when sometimes you have to say yes. And we'll also be chatting with Christina. We'll be looking at getting ready to uh, launch our businesses again in the new year with Ready, Set, Go. But right now we're going to have our monthly chat with Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray. Good afternoon, Tony. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm good. We've got you, caught you in the car. I am. I'm just trying to... Are you in a cool <laughs> trying place? To, trying to talk talk legally. I'm on the side of the road. So. Talk, are you talking legally, are you? That's good. I am talking legally, yes. The only way to do it. Now, by the way, before we get start, started into this, I have to tell you of an interesting coincidence that you can uh, remind uh, one of your speakers later on. I went to see the musical Chess on Friday night. And you sat next I, to Christina. And I sat next to Christina. Of all the people <laughs> in Newcastle, I sat next to her. It was, it she was already good. told me that earlier when oh, I chatted to her. Maybe to it. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I can pay for things well over a thousand, ten thousand dollars in cash now. You can, you can. So one of the things that slipped in uh, just before Christmas, and we didn't have time to talk about it, leading up to last year, there was a proposed ten thousand dollar ban on business to business transactions in dealing in cash, and it created quite a furor. We did speak about it um, at the time when it was first introduced a number of months ago. Um, and it was to bring Australia in line with a lot of European nations where they have a ban on business to business transactions in dealing in cash. Anyway, it got through the House of Representatives, but it was killed off in the Senate. So mm. that is no longer a thing to okay. keep paying cash to business to business. So pay, there's no limit on the amount of cash you can use? Correct. There's no limit. To have it. it just <laughs> didn't get through at all. The whole thing is killed off. So unless they have another go at it, which, which is. Uh, you know, governments are, are always—they always want to get their their measures through, so they might have another shot at it when yeah. uh, when no one's looking. They might—they might wait till Christmas this year to try and get it through again. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about about criminal convictions. There's been the first conviction for JobKeeper fraud. Yeah, an interesting one. It was the, the first um, case of a of a criminal conviction for someone who claimed JobKeeper when they. They weren't supposed to, and it was an interesting one because it flew under the the radar. So this particular gentleman claimed JobKeeper in the month of May 2020 um, when he claimed that he uh, he was a sole trader and he was running a business on the side, which um, you know filled in all the forms and sent it away. But the tax office actually noticed that there was uh, no business activity under this particular AVN for a number of years. So they they put a halt on any further payments in June, sent him a couple of uh, questionnaires and then found that he was not actually running a business, uh, which is one of the criteria. Yeah. And uh, as a result, he was uh, asked to pay the money back, but it was also a, a criminal conviction, which is uh, recorded against his name now. Mm. So well. a lot of, it's, a big, it's, a, it's a big blot on your name for just $3,000. I mean, he, he's going to have a lot of problems now yeah. in the future to borrow money, even, you know, to get a job, something like that. It's, it's going to be something that will be on his his record for, for, for quite some time. So, um, and, and as we spoke off air, the, the tax office are really ramping up on their, um, uh, you know, checking on, checking dotting I's and crossing T's on a lot of these sort of claims and, and making sure that the uh, the claim was was uh, yeah. was done, yeah, it was done correctly. I mean, hindsight, hindsight's a great thing, as we know, so they've got all the historical data, so... It's a question of fact as to whether you know someone was entitled to 
to uh, to claim JobKeeper or not. So they've got all the data there, cross-checking tax file numbers and all sorts of stuff. So it's yeah, they're they're, they're systematically working through a lot of the cases. Yeah, I don't think that will be the first criminal case. No, well, that well, as I said, that that slipped through because it was in in May of last year. Yeah. Um, you know when, so they would have paid it. You know by the twelfth of June. So it was very very early in the process. Um, and again, it was, it was something that they couldn't really check across tax file numbers. But they, when they had a look at the activity, they realised the guy he just simply was not running a business. business at all. Yeah, that's it. That's so so while we're talking about the ATO uh, pouncing. Uh, once JobKeeper ends, they're going to pounce again. Yeah, this is a bit of a concern. I mean, for the last 12 months, the tax office have been very, very understanding and very, very good in that they've left um, businesses alone in terms of whatever monies was owed to the tax office. There was a lot of measures, a lot of relief, um, a lot of payment arrangements, which they, they gladly um, accepted. But um, they've, they've, they've set out like a... A precursor warning that when when JobKeeper ends, they will start up um, activity. And I've already noticed in the last couple of weeks some letters starting to filter through, um, and they're, and they're worded quite respectfully. They're just saying, look, if you're having a problem um, paying your your, uh, your taxes, please contact us early, um, engage with us early, and and, uh, and organise a payment arrangement. So so they you know they they will divert resources because everyone who's been on JobKeeper will now probably go back to their normal desks. Um, so, so they will revert to um, chasing up outstanding um, debts. And if you haven't got a, a payment arrangement, or if you have got a payment arrangement in place and you've defaulted, um, they will be a little bit tougher on you now than they were, say, twelve months ago. So, um, and we mentioned off air just earlier that uh, you know some businesses are doing quite well at the moment. So, uh, it's a good idea to uh, get some of these debts paid off anyway. Well, I, I read a report last only two or three days ago. Harvey Norman's um, profit was up um, 116 million dollars for the uh, for the for the six months to um, to December, and um, you know there's a bit of pressure on them and Jerry Harvey to repay um, some, some monies that they got in JobKeeper. He, he's defended it. He's saying he's not paying it back because um, the money that was received at the time went towards areas of his businesses business that was suffering, but. Um, yeah, a lot of businesses did yeah quite well. I've, I've read all sorts of reports around, especially around in the discretionary spend area. There's you know motorbike um, salesmen who, who've um, who've reported a massive spike in the sale of of motorbikes, caravans, um, poker machine receipts. I think are up 38. Um, percent So there was a lot of money swirling around, and some industries did a lot better than than others. So so yeah, so there's and, and as I've advised a lot of people, you know if you're receiving money from the government a you, you, a you need to be entitled to it in the first place but but be wise with it you know strengthen your balance sheet pay off your debts so that um you get clear of um you know get clear of either the the, the banks or the, uh, the the tax office you don't want either of them breathing down your neck yeah yeah great well thanks very much for your time tony okay. you go no enjoy worries. your lunch with your mum and uh, we'll chat no, with you no again worries. next month good idea thanks julian thank you bye-bye see ya Tony Vidray there from AV Chartered Accountants. Uh, just uh, beware the uh, if you owe the tax office money, just keep talking to them. And you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you on this sunny day? I'm very well, thank you. And, yeah, good. Uh, Tony just told us that he went to the same show with you on the air. <laughs> yes, he did. And... Uh, 
Tony also um, mentioned to me, which I thought was wonderful, that he had acknowledged all your hard volunteer work as well. So I would also <sighs> like to acknowledge your volunteer work and the, this wonderful program that's been running for how many years? We're in our 20th year. Yeah, mm. fantastic. I think that's just so, so wonderful that, that, you've, um, that you've brought this information to people for a great amount of time. Yes, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm happy to be able to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, and with good guests like you, of course, too. Thank you. So, ready, steady, ready, steady, go. Ready, yes. ready, set, go. Yeah. We're going to oh, talk about I've, setting the business up. I don't mind steady. Yeah, so ready. We've got, um, you know, there's some really good results, really good information out there about uh, how well Australia has come through the whole pandemic, which is, you know, wonderful. It's not to say that we... Uh, that we're in a better position than we would have been had the pandemic not happened. Uh, but, you know, as people have been constantly saying, it has given people an opportunity to reset. So I think people are now ready. You can feel a certain amount of um, enthusiasm happening. There's, you know, there's been a few live events going on uh, and people are ready to engage, to be part of uh, not that they haven't been part of communities, but to be part of the live communities again. There's still that little bit of hesitation, uh, but we're getting ready to throw ourselves into business um, and operations in a new way than we have been facing them for the last 12 months. And so I, think the, say, I think the hesitation is important anyway, though, because we're not over it yet, so uh, we don't correct. want to let our yep. guard down. No, we don't. We do need to abide by all the rules. You know, there's there's increasing limits on how many people are, are allowed to be in a space. We need to abide by all of that. We need to be very vigilant in mask wearing where we're, where we're meant to wear masks. Um, the whole vaccination uptake, uh, which is has started in Australia, and they're getting really good results um, overseas uh, from some of the results of the vaccinations as well. You know, I was having a chat to um, one of our scientific advisors the other day who said, you know, in there's, there have been people going, why is Australia waiting so long? Why didn't we get the vaccine earlier? It's actually a little advantageous to us to have watched um, the reactions that have happened around the world uh, and know that with certain safety, we can now head into this vaccination period that we're going into. So ready for a business is mindset. Get your mm. mind ready. Mm. Don't Don't let go of the lessons that we have learnt. You know, we've have constantly said part of the part of the silver lining, um, and again, I'll qualify, nobody wishes that this had ever happened since it did. Let's take all the lessons that we possibly can from it. Um, the silver linings were the lessons that we learned about the future of work, about people's productivity, about what it means to have a physical workplace, about what it means to have physical connection, um, and coming up with that, you know, that, yes, we may need to be together. It's great to be together, but maybe we don't need to be together for 40 hours a week. And you know, I think one of the lessons that uh, we've also learnt is there's things we can do that we didn't think we could. we found alternative ways to do stuff. We have indeed, and we've also realised the value of technology mm. um, and technology as a resource. Not as, not as technology is something that's going to take over, which I think was a very fearful thing that people, uh, you know, we were thinking that way before the pandemic hit, but how technology can be used as a resource to increase the values of humanity. So I think that's really important. So ready. We're, you know, we're ready to, to face um, a new world, if you like, uh, because I really don't agree with a term that says normal. 
Uh, yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't know what normal is. Normal has always been a, a moving a moving stick. Um, but if we're set, so we you know we're ready. We've got our mindset ready to go. We're, we're ready to progress forward. If we're set, what don't we want to repeat from the past? And what are the lessons that we want to learn? What do we want to keep? What do we want to change? And, you know, Julian, you and I know that they're really important questions to constantly be asking yourself in business. Mm. What am I keeping? You know, where, you know, what am I keeping? What am I letting go of? What's working? What's not working? Um, so I think this is a really good time to set those expectations. And what let, are the and, expectations? And let go of things that are not working. Absolutely. So, or, or modify them. You know, if, if something's not working, you're not quite ready to let it go, what do you need to change about it to make it work for you? So there's mm. really good planning time in the set thing. What's working, what's not working? And then I think if, if we ambitiously work towards a go date, so, you know, we talked about it before, April's kind of a bit mm, wishy-washy for Australia. We've got Easter, we've got school holidays, we've got um, Anzac Day in there, and it kind of puts that this little stall in the momentum that's been happening from the beginning of the year. Not that's a bad thing because I feel like I've lived a full year already and it's only mm. March. Mm. Um, but if we if we set a go date as say the first of May, you set it together as an organisation. What what is your go date? When do you actually want to put your foot on that pedal and really progress forward? So what does that look like? And then what's the action plan? Because each business, each industry is going to have a different action plan. But we really all the things that we've been encouraging people to do for quite some time: be diversified in your thinking, bring different thinkers into the organisation. Have a look at what's happening in other industries. What from those other industries can you adopt into your own industry? They all become part of that action plan that you go forward with, that you have this renewed energy and renewed vigour. Nobody says that everything has to happen new on the 1st of January. You know, we can, And it doesn't even have to happen on the 1st of May, for goodness mm-hmm. sakes. We should have that renewed energy, enthusiasm. Every time we walk out of a meeting, every time we come up with a new action plan or a new project, because, you know, we've said it many, many times, ideation without execution is hallucination so how do we put our best plans into action have a go date and then just put the pedal down put our foot on the pedal and go for the changes that we want and remembering all the other things that we've discussed as well social impact so important you know businesses that don't have a social bottom line get one because you won't be in business in the next five to ten years if you don't have a social conscience. Mm. And I think the other important thing is to put all these action ideas, have an interaction plan in writing. Um, I was yes. with a business uh, yesterday and she had all these great ideas but it was all floundering around in her head and she mm. was just so um, confused with where to start yep. and where to go because all these ideas were going to take a lot of her time. So I said, yeah. well, look at the most important one first and work on that and put the other ones to a background until you're ready to do it. Yeah, and share those things. You know, pull in a... I remember once we were planning a, a, new, um, a new project and we were so enveloped in the project that we couldn't see um, anything wrong with it. So we kind of went, okay, just stop. Let's invite a few people. We'll feed them, give them a couple of glasses of wine and asked for their feedback on this particular project. So we had everything set out. We had a, a wonderful meal with some very respected colleagues. They weren't friends. Friends won't tell you sometimes the honest truth. If you've got a very honest friend, invite them. But, you know, colleagues, people in your industry and people outside mm. of your industry. And it can also become part of a mastermind um, scenario where everybody's coming up with different projects and you decide to have a meeting once a month where you share what that is um, mm. and that you get other people's opinions. So there's all these factors that can assist you in business that, um, you know, it's time to really take advantage of. 
Great idea. Well, thanks very much for your time. Have a have a good do- uh, week, and we'll have a chat with you again next week. Christina, there helping us to uh, particularly look at our go bit now. Ready, we're ready, set. We're already there. Now we've got to go. And you're listening to Business, the Law, and You on Two NURFM. Time for our Harvard Business tip. Tip. This particular one is three tips for saying or changing yes to no. Saying no is difficult for almost anyone. For some, it's nearly impossible, but sometimes it's crucial to your success. If you find yourself saying yes too often, use these three tips to prepare to say no. Firstly, set intentions. Often we don't say no because we're not sure what we're working toward. Take the time to write down what you want to achieve and what will help you get there. Secondly, prioritise commitments. Make a list of your current commitments and prioritise them. Commitments that are low on the list should be no items. And thirdly, make no your default answer. Assume that you will say no to any new requests that come in unless they meet a short set of criteria. Will the project help you grow professionally or personally? Does it fit into your intentions for the year? So it's always a challenge, isn't it, to say no sometimes. So... uh, there's some little help. Well, thank you for listening for me the half, last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein is going to be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to visit the digital world again with Kimberly Claire Campbell from the Hunter Region Business Hub. We'll have our Mini Dawn Innovation with Christina and we'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as Mark Twain once said, stay away from those people who try to disparage your ambitions. Small minds will always do that, but grey minds will give you a feeling that you can become great too.